welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And just a little audio note, we are recording via Zoom because COVID has touched our lives and we're just being safe. As far as I know, we don't have it, but I have been exposed, so. I will just sit here in my little apartment and we will record via Zoom. Uh, Before we get started, please remember to like and subscribe and rate and all of those good things on all your podcast listening apps that iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, CastBox. I think there's a couple others I've forgotten. Just remember to look up the Lunar Magic Tea Time podcast. You can find us on Facebook and there's a group where we will be doing many more exciting things, but there will be a show note on that at the end of the episode. And you can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. Okay, let's get into this. This episode is going to be a pretty short episode because it is our llamas or Nancy, you learned how to say Lunasa. Lunasa. So I will be sticking with Lanas because. (laughs) Easier to pronounce. Yes. It is the first of our three harvest festivals. Uh, If you go back a year, you can listen to us break down how to really do the set up your altar, what sort of symbols and signs and things like that you're going to want to use, colors, all of that. That's about a year's back. This episode, we're going to get into more of the mythology and sort of um, symbolism and things like that. So Lamas is the first of the three harvest festivals. The wheat, it's really starting to ripen. We're already harvesting some of our early producers. It's zucchini season. Hey, I love, I actually love zucchini. So now is the time that we're going to honor and give thanks for all of the things that are going to get us through the lean times of winter. So. We've gone through the spring where things are still a little barren, and now we're into the full producing season of the year, and that's where the focus is on the production and not so much the setting aside like Maybon or Solon. For me, this is always kind of like peak summer because it's summer. Well, I wrote this (laughs) This sentence. (laughs) I wrote this sentence a while back. To me, this is peak summer and summer before it's too hot and summer before things all start to wither and turn. It is 100 degrees right now, so no thank you. So what are some of the myths and legends surrounding this day? And maybe how do we look at them through a modern lens and apply them to a modern life? One legend is that Lamas is named after the Lamb's Mass at St. Peter's Finculus in York, England. And what I find really interesting is that I looked like I did some diving into that and I could find nothing about that specific mass. Mm. And yet almost every post is often running with this, it almost is lamb's mass. Mm. That is it. So what I'm wondering if it's not some sort of remnant of an older pre-Christian blessing of the flock yeah. at a sacred site that then became St. Peter's Vinculus 
in York, England, because that would make sense yeah. for to me. Yeah, the deal would be every holiday anyway. Yeah, right. convert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it's also the because it's the first harvest. One tradition is to take to make a loaf of bread with the first grain, and that very specific loaf is offered um, as an offering for thanks and a you know plea for a bountiful harvest. And everything I read kind of implies that you do that you harvest that wheat or that corn or whatever grain you're using mm -hmm. separately from your big harvest. Oh, I see. When I was explaining this to a friend, they said, oh, so it's like when you color test your hair before you color it. Who does that? That's don't do that. I don't color. <laughs> I don't strand test my hair. Who does that? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Dump it on and hope for the best. Uh, straw dollies are also made and can be used as magical poppet. I do love a good poppet. I may or may not have made a bad poppet this week. Never mind. <laughs> but I did make a poppet this week. A poppet is any small human s shaped item. And I say humanish shaped because really just kind of want to look at it and go, human. Mm. Mm. Two arms, People. two legs, a head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does not, it doesn't, you're not going for specific like elegance here. Mm -hmm. um, it's, they're used in a variety of ways in witchcraft. You can use them for blessings and say like, think of like a kid's doll, Bugs Yoshi, his security Yosh. You can use them in hexing. Everybody knows you've heard of a voodoo doll, kind of the same concept. Kind of. I always make mine out of fabric and I stuff them with things relevant to the spell that I'm going to be making. So if you're doing one where you want to protect the person, lots of rosemary, lavender, that kind of thing. If you're doing one to make the person go away, anything chili based, anything spicy or, or zappy. Yeah. That's a word. Uh, if you want one for prosperity, lots of mustard seeds, acorns, that kind of thing. If you were to make one out of straw to represent the harvest, um, you could load it or decorate it with lots and lots of dried foods or dried herbs. If you were more artistically inclined than I, <laughs> you could tie, you could make a dress, you know, your, your corn dolly usually has that apron that you make out of the corn leaves. Well, you could just as easily tie lavender in an apron shape around your corn yeah. dolly or rosemary or sage or your culinary herbs and spices and i'll tell you um, one thing that corn dolly we made probably two years ago two years ago she is still looking no fear? was it two years ago or was it three mm, i think we made it at the beginning of covid because we were oh. sitting zooming okay um, then two i was like did we do it but she she still looks as good as the day I made her. I know mine is mine is in my altar, and she mm -hmm. looks great. Yeah. So and you could, if you were particularly clever, make a you know they make corn dollies and straw dollies, and if you can dry it and work the fibers, you can make a dolly out of it. Is really where that is. If you're more artistic, that I struggle with that idea. <laughs> No, you don't. Oh, uh, you're artistic. Eh, yeah, but I'm definitely more. I 
I mean, my favorite artist is Monet, and I think that tells you how I approach things. <laughs> I mean, so, um, summer fairs were held around this time of year, but not necessarily the fairs like we think of today. These were definitely more, because when I think of the summer fair, I think of go and you see all of the things the 4-H kids did, and you ride the carnival mm -hmm. rides, and, and it is definitely that, but the focus wasn't necessarily the entertainment. Yeah, more the trade and the food and my yeah. horse trading and lots of lots of livestock trading. And I mean they do that. The kids, 4-H kids is all sell their animals this time of year. And it's definitely that definitely is the same. But um itinerant workers were that especially if if we're talking feudal times or before anybody who wasn't tied to a specific place. So if you weren't tied to a specific lord or you know, you could travel and hire out their, your services as a harvester and make your money for the year. Merchants would travel and sell their goods. I, tr this is when trade happened, commerce happened yeah. at, at these big, like, Lamas and Maybon festivals. Political alliances happened. That's when you made, that's when you, you know, made your deals, settled your you settled your debts and disputes and you settled your debts and disputes this time of year so that they would not distract from the bigger, much more important work of harvest and putting up food for the winter. Yep. And if you're still fighting with your neighbor over how much money he owes you and neither one of you are getting your stuff, your, your stuff taken care of, then both families could die. And if two families in a small community go down, Yes, it's a domino effect. Uh, this is also a time that legal matters were settled if they needed to be, in so much as they could be. The other name for this sabbat is Lunasa. And according to the myths of Lu, the celebration was designed to honor his stepmother at the time of her death. Lu, the god, created this fair, this festival, with lots of sports competitions and racing things and all of that stuff to honor his stepmother when she passed. But there's a lesser element to this myth that I really found interesting. But and I think it might be a little more important, at least in terms of using the myths and legends as a guide to your life. This is about the battle between Lu and Krom Dub. Krom hoarded the grain from the harvest for his own gain and use. And Lou knew that humanity needed the grain to get through the winter and went to battle to ensure that humans got the grain. In various versions, Lou is battling blight as opposed to Crom himself yeah. or battling the concept of the scorching sun. Um, basically anything that would take the harvest from the people. In some versions, Lou is represented by St. Patrick and Crom is meant to represent the pagans, which <laughs> I find absolutely hysterical in light of how much hoarding the Catholic Church has done. But I think that that particular story is a good reminder that we have to be a community. Yeah. Hoarding resources benefits nobody. It doesn't benefit the hoarder, certainly doesn't benefit the community at large. Yeah. Not, I mean, 
It just doesn't. Hmm? Yeah, I was going to say a good example right now is the freaking oil companies taking advantage of a situation and making billions of profit dollars a quarter. So, uh -huh. you know, it's uh -huh. not taking away the green, but it's taking away the people's ability to fill up their gas tank of the greed. In a sense, if you're pricing something, they're, they're pricing gas out of the reach of the poor, which yeah. prevents the poor from going to their jobs, yeah. which prevents the poor from supporting their families. The, that hoarding, sure. that hoarding is taking down the community by preying on the weakest, most yeah. vulnerable people in the community first. Exactly. Community isn't just place. It's people, it's the resources, it's coming together. It's true community is uplifting all, every person in the community so that everyone can live the best life that they are able to live. Yeah. Community is not individualistic. It is not, and it's not idealistic. There is no ideal community. Every community has its struggles, but the bottom line of a community should be everybody lifting up. Yeah. And I think, you know, in America, especially we think of everything as being limited. Like if I don't get mine, then somebody else will get mine. And, yeah. and, and if I don't hoard mine, and that that's just not an attitude that functions long-term sustainability for any community, as we are starting to discover finally. And so as we move through this harvest season, it's a perfect time to reflect on what you're har harvesting, what you want to put away for the, the winter, what your community looks like, and who is in your community. You know, think about is your community just your family? Is it the members of your church or your school or your job or your coven? Your coven. <laughs> and so that's that's my thoughts on Lanas Lunasa. This is what I'm going to do. Um, uh -huh. I finished my grounding station. Oh. My, my sand area. I got oh, a wind chime. I got the fire pit. I got the water fountain. I got mermaids everywhere for some reason. Oh, well, and turtles. Um, and it is amazing. And since I've been, I haven't done it the last few days because the last few days have been kind of crazy and too hot. But since I have been grounding myself, my visions have increased. <gasps> there's that magic oh, I'm going to do for this Lunasa. Just because I know how to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, cord magic. So cord magic, I found some sunflowers, some wooden sunflowers. So I'm going to do a big one for my altar. I found these little wooden beads that I am painting with my paint markers. And I'm going to do one for my Nana with a bunch of Celtic symbols on it. And then I have other ones, flower beads. I'm just going to go cord magic crazy. I also, because it is a fire slash water spot, I am going to do a candle with some of the herbs and um, essential oils for this salad. I'm gonna do like elder, frankincense, goldenrod, rosemary, sage. I haven't figured it out, but these are the ones I'm thinking about. I'm gonna do a meditation on the, on the NASA. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna have the fire pit on and my wind chimes are awesome. It's worth it spending a little extra money if I'm good. And I thought, again, uh -huh. like I did the last one, I'm going to set up a little mini altar out there with some crystals. Oh, lovely. Um, my altar, I've started the change, but really, hey, 
sunflowers are already there. I already had the Phoenix cup with the uh, citrine and tiger's eyes and everything in it. Uh, I added my corn dolly that we already talked about. I added my Nana's bells because bells is one of the things. Um, most of the stones are going to stay the same. So other than doing my cord magic and that, um, maybe I'll make some cornbread. I know it's probably a little early for that one, but oh. I'm free, so you really can't make a lot of breads. I think the only thing I re really have planned is I had to check what day it was even happening. That's <laughs> how I'm going to make my beer bread. Mm, yeah. Because that's just, it's easy. I have the beer, I have flour. I will throw in um, some thyme and some rosemary and make it like earthy, hearty. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I have a different plan. I think I'm going to make it citrusy. Ooh, very nice. But we will see when I, what I have. Of course, we will also see if I continue to test negative. Yeah before we make too many hardcore plans. Uh, and that's it. That's really all I have planned. I didn't, I had originally planned on going out of town on a little me retreat, but then closed and other stuff happened and we're changing that up and that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to do a little shout out to this little store. Well, it's not really little store, pretty good size store. That I found a couple of weeks ago when I took my granddaughter to last Sunday, and it is in Newport, Oregon, and it is called Pirates Plunder, and it has everything from witches' spells, <laughs> crystals, oh. rocks. Um, that's where I got my mermaid hangers for my thing. There's um, your Dungeon and Dragon cards. There's collectibles, Hello Kitty, all that collectible stuff that I never really got into, but. Um, uh, lots of glassware, um, the sea glass balls, and everything. I mean, everything to the point that well, Kinley ended up with a pirate sword because, of course, she did, and um, some rainbow stuffed animal. Um, she wanted a little Hello Kitty high chair and his little thing, and it was $55. And I go, mm, Nanny doesn't pay collectible prices for things that you're not. No. Uh -oh. not for that. No. Their other prices uh -oh. are really good, but they had a whole section of, of little witches spell bags and. Um, lots of crystals and um in fact we were leaving when she already made her purchase there was the little witch's corner was right kind of like little separate rooms but open no door and um <laughs> she i'm paying for the stuff and i turn around and make sure i see where she at and she goes nana i didn't even see this part of the store <laughs> this store is amazing i go oh wait we're not gonna we're not gonna go into the witch's corner right now <laughs> maybe in a few years <laughs> Well, if you're over in Newport, Oregon, it's um, a little off the main. It's behind uh, the Holiday Inn, but she's down by the aquarium. Decided, yeah, yeah, real close to the aquarium. She's already decided because I told her the reason I found it is we stayed in the hotel there. Till Nana, next time we will spend the night here, and then we can go to Pirate Splendor, and it's close to the beach, Nana. <laughs> so she's got a <laughs> weekend away already plotted. <laughs> anyway, check it out. Cool people. A little bit of everything in that store. Kristen, you're gonna, I'm going to have to take you there because we all love it. I can't wait. Anyway, that was a little uh, side note, but um, no, you can buy witchy stuff there, so it's not really too much of a side note. And it's not a side note. When we, we find little kind of local shops like that, I like to promote them. And again, okay. we don't get anything for promoting this. I just, it's a cool store. Yeah, we are not, we don't have sponsors, nothing like that. 
Um, but also it's not a site, it's not, it's magical, mystical, metaphysical, and mundane. We cover everything. So that's our Llamas Lunasa episode for this year. A little bit of housekeeping. Please don't forget that we are going on a bit of a sabbatical. We will be back for our Maybon episode. So mid-ish September. Yep. Um, and I will post that on our Facebook page and on the Instagram. So Lunar Magic Tea Time. Um, we will also post some updates on the website, lunarmagicteatime.com. And of course, if you have any questions, go ahead and email us at lunar at lunar magic tea time. When we come back from our sabbatical, there will be some changes. They're not exactly a new format, but some new concepts that will that I'm working with. And so it'll be exciting. It's going to be a good, fun time. Nice. Uh, one last note. Um, I got my first tattoo. Oh, oh that's it right. It has a Celtic sun, a Celtic moon. The, I always forget the name. Trafecta? No, not Trafecta. What's the name of it? Trafecta. Trafecta. Yeah. I don't know if I said that right now. And a star for both of my grandchildren. And he did an amazing job. He did. my first gorgeous. tattoo and I survived. So. Um, and he did it alone. I did. I didn't even have to have Kristen hold my hand. I sucked it up, Buttercup. That's our show. As always, stay safe out there and have a magical day and a wonderful Lunasa. <laughs> Bye.